0: They're listening to
1: episode 23. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started, it's not that important because, great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really... I am the number one student, so get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Matawa here, your host, super excited to bring in today's future guest, Miss Henri Corda. Henri, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story?
0: Absolutely. Let's do it.
1: Well, Honorary is the author of 20 books, including You Must Write a Book, Prosperity for Writers, and many other books. She's also Hal Elrod's business partner in the Miracle Morning book series. Um, Honorary today coaches people who want to publish their books to bestseller status, create a platform, develop multiple streams of income, and many other things that she's helping people with their success um, as being authors. So you can check her out at Honorary Quarter.com, honoraryquarter.com. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Super pumped, Honorary, to dig more into your story. So first things, welcome to the show. Uh, and before we dive in, uh, maybe just take 30 seconds to tell us who is Honorary outside of business.
0: Mm, um, so I am a mom. I'm a wife. I have two furry kids, two cats. Um, I love to exercise and I am learning French currently and I have a French coach in Paris which is really fun and I love to read and I'm actually learning how to also write fiction
1: very busy so, very busy um, outside of work now Henri tell me how long would you say you've been um in full-time business for yourself
0: 20 years
1: wow 20 years that's amazing and um tell me a little bit about your your business what are your core revenue pillars today
0: so, I have written 20 books. So, those books are uh, revenue streams for me. And then I have produced some books with Hal Elrod in the Miracle Morning book series. And that's another revenue stream. And then I have several interests uh, in several other businesses as well. Some I started 25 years ago, and some I started 25 minutes ago. <laughs> so, um, I do still a bit of coaching um, mostly now one-on-one coaching with people who want to birth their business and have a best-selling book and I do a little bit of speaking and um, I think those are the main ones
1: mm-hmm. how did the entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey start for you Honoré um, did you come out of corporate or straight out of uni or high school or how did it work out for you
0: So I had entrepreneurial parents and so I was, I, that was the model for me working for myself was, was my model. And I worked in the corporate world for long enough to realize that it wasn't necessarily a good fit for me for several reasons. One of them that I didn't, um, I didn't hold back. I didn't take as long as I possibly could on a project so I could, bill more hours or get paid more I did the best that I could and and found that then my bosses would give me the work of my uh, fellow employees but not their paychecks as well and so I realized if I worked for myself um, there's the, the phrase eat what you kill and if I was willing to work really hard I could probably do quite well for myself and so I went out on my own and started my first business
1: and what was that first business?
0: Um, so right. my first business was a network marketing business with Shackley Corporation. And I started that back in the early 90s. And I still, all of these years later, do not actively build that business, but still receive a bonus check every month.
1: Mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of network marketing in telecommunications. Um, so um, interesting, interesting field to, to, to play. And so you went in that full time
0: um well I wasn't full time at first it was my side hustle <laughs> at first until it became my my main, my main stream of income and then I did that full time for several years and then transitioned to business coaching and speaking and training and then writing books and kind of sat in that coacher speaker author space for a while and then eventually um Have now kind of don't do a ton of uh, speaking. So it used to be coach, speaker, author, and then it became speaker, coach, author, and then now it's um, author, coach, speaker, in that order.
1: Right. Okay. So you did. So you hadn't have done a lot of travel. How did you acquire sort of those first couple of um, clients once you went into sort of the coaching space?
0: Well, actually, I had a reputation for being a successful business person. So when I came upon the idea of coaching, when it was suggested to me, um, I went and found six people that would let me coach them without paying me because I wasn't sure that I would be good at it. It was more of an experiment. And then so I found six people that would be my ideal client if they were to pay me and worked with them for three months, no charge. And then when the three months came to an end, they all insisted on hiring me and then referred new clients to me. And so I've been by referral and or reputation uh, ever since.
1: That's a unique strategy. I haven't really heard that one too many times. So you found six people who were your ideal clients and you said to them, I'll coach you. I'll help you get results for three months, but you don't have to pay me a cent. Is that right?
0: That's correct. Yeah, I wanted to see if I liked it. W- oh, correction. I wanted to see if I loved it, if I could be passionate about it. And I knew if I could do it for free and be passionate about it, I could, I, then I obviously would feel comfortable doing it for money. But I also wanted to make sure that they were getting results. So they did pay me with food. We did meet. Um, that was when I would do my coaching in person, which was a long time ago. But um, they did pay me with food. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Somebody sitting, um, listening to this thinking, I want to try out coaching. Um, is that a good strategy today? Do you think?
0: I think it's a fantastic strategy because they were, um, feeling like they were getting something. They knew me as a person. These were all people that I knew personally, more professionally than personally, um, that knew me by reputation and were willing to go on this journey with me. Um, It was it was a to see if it was a win on both sides. Um, That's when people call me to. um, Sometimes they want to duplicate that particular piece of my business model. I will suggest that they do an outline or or a profile of their ideal client um, or avatar that sometimes it's called, and go find those people and say, "Look, I want to do an experiment. I'll do give you the coaching and." And you can pay for for breakfast or lunch or dinner or whatever it is, and we'll do the coaching piece, and we'll see if we're both liking it at the end.
1: Interesting, yeah, that's I love that idea. Um, I've been doing um, coaching probably for a couple of years now, and uh, recently this year, um, I was looking at a kind of a, a licensee coaching arrangement where you you get all the the tools to be a coach and all the sort of marketing um, now that the guys have created, but you essentially have to go out and, you know, get your own clients, but um, it's not a franchise as such, but you get the branding. Um, how, how did you um, evaluate whether or not to do something like that, you know, get into a coaching franchise or a licensing arrangement versus on your own? Um, Did you, did you think about that at the time or do you, do you see clients who are are evaluating those kind of models and what's your counsel to them?
0: Well, so it was a completely different time. We're talking about the mid to late nineties, not the 2000, 2016. So that coaching wasn't then what it is now. It was still in its infancy. And the only thing back then was coach you. And I actually had a business coach and she had gone to coach you and, and, Basically advised me that I could borrow some of her coach you audio cassette tapes. That's how long ago it was, and um, study, uh, do some some independent study. But that my success from my network marketing business um, would serve me very well, and that I really didn't need to take time or money to to do a certification or a license. I've never had anyone ever ask me where I got my coach training because I am uh, getting business by referral and reputation. So I've never had anyone actually say, well, how did you become a coach? Um, they're just coming to me and saying, do you have space for me in, in your practice?
1: Very good. And how did that evolve into books?
0: Um, I met Mark Victor Hansen at a conference and told him I was a coach and a speaker and he was not impressed. He said, you need to write a book. The, the 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 title of my most recent book is you must write a book. And that's what Mark said to me. You must write a book. If you want to be considered an expert in what you're doing and, and give yourself ultimate credibility, you must write a book. And so I wrote my first book and then it was a few years before I wrote my second book. And then it, I've been averaging four to six books a year now for the past few years.
1: That's amazing. So, so my first question is, why must I write a book?
0: Well, saying that you're wonderful or the best at what you do is what everyone says. Um, everyone has a degree. Everyone has um, the same credibility and credentials as everyone else. So a book is the one thing that sets you apart still to this day. Um, Having a book as opposed to um, just a business card or a brochure is ultimately the very best thing that you can have, in my opinion. Does that make sense?
1: What Yeah, what has that done for you? What changed when you wrote your book or your first book?
0: Oh, gosh, I was able to increase my fees. I was able to hand my book to someone when they asked me for a business card. I would say, oh, I don't have a business card, but I do have a book. And there's still a sparkle in someone's eye when they receive a book from someone. Um, Because most people, most, not all, but most people have a dream or a goal of someday writing a book, and so it seems to be a very cool thing. It, it has the same kind of cachet as a, you know, running a marathon or completing a triathlon. It seems something that's insurmountable and a big deal. And so those who have done it are revered and respected in a in a different way. And having a book to hand out is is going to set you head and shoulders above other people who do what you do.
1: Right? Is it? Disproportionately revered, or is it really um, difficult to get a book out?
0: Oh, it, having a a book is harder than having a baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it's very it's very difficult, and um, also really worth it. I mean, to, to be done well. To I mean, people write and and publish books all of the time, and I would use the the word books in air quotes because they aren't published professionally. Um, they don't necessarily dot their eyes and cross their T's and really think about what the me- what message the book is sending, not just what the, the message about uh, is in the book, but also how well the book is dressed. Like if you just do a kind of a crappy cover and you don't have editing and you don't have layout and it's not done well, it's like going to a black tie affair in shorts and and flip flops.
1: Yeah. Right. So in in that same breath does it does it matter that it's an ebook versus um a hard copy book
0: Well obviously you can't hand someone an ebook so you want to have a, an ebook form of your book um in case someone likes to read in that way but the best um business card is an actual physical book to pass out for sure
1: I love this. I've, I've been working on, on some material for, for a while now and um, I stop and start and stop and start. What's your secret? I know you talk about writing every day. Um, t- talk to me about that secret.
0: Well, it's not a secret. <laughs> it's, a, it's an absolute uh, requirement. Um, I write mm-hmm. every morning at six o'clock uh, for about an hour and I write between On the low end, I'll write 500 words if I'm editing something, if I'm kind of going through something for the second time before it goes to my editing team, um, to two to 3,000 words. So I average 1,000 words a day throughout the course of the year, including breaks. So about 360,000 words I I write in a, a year's time. And just like working out builds those muscles, writing every day right, builds those muscles. And I think that that's, um, I think that's where people get stuck. They think, um, I'm just going to write the book and then it'll be finished. And there's so much more to it than that. You've got to actually put it on your schedule and make it a, a daily habit, something that you're focusing on every day.
1: Where do you get this inspiration to, to actually pen a thousand words a day?
0: Well, the word inspiration in and of itself means coming from within. Um, I am constantly reading and watching and listening to um, other creations, other artistic creations, so books, movies, um, shows. Just, uh, I'm reading fiction and nonfiction. I'm constantly inspired um, by everything, and I'm constantly jotting down ideas. I think Uh, If you can get that first book out, you would probably be like most people in that they can't read to write their second book. (laughs) As soon as the ideas start flowing, there are so many more ideas. I have another, you know, I've written 20, almost 21. My 21st book comes out in a couple of days and um, I'm working on the next book. And then I already know what the book is after that. And I have a list of 10 books that I've um, penciled out to write point. So the inspiration doesn't stop once you start it. Once you turn on that faucet and you start to prime that pump by writing and by looking for ideas, you will find them. I'm not unlike probably what are you going to talk about on your podcast? What am I what's my topic going to be or what is my topic focus this month or what type of people should I focus on getting on my show? As soon as you start to sit down and and really generate some ideas, then those ideas generate other ideas and so on and so forth. The same uh, experience has been true for me with writing.
1: There's a concept you talk about in your book, um, crafting your book. What does that mean?
0: Um, Crafting your book means putting it together with intention and purpose, figuring out what you want the book to do for you, figuring out what you want the reader to do or not do or both from writing your book and then creating it in such a way that it helps you to achieve the goals that you've set for yourself in your book.
1: And what's your number one goal with your books?
0: To help people, to help people to have an easier, faster path to success and to avoid roadblocks and delays and denials and pain as much as possible. <laughs> Every book that I have written has been kind of a roadmap to uh, an end place um, that provides, you know, uh, inside tips and ideas and strategies to avoid roadblocks um, bumps and bruises along the way and to get to where they want to go as quickly and easily and effortlessly as possible.
1: And that's amazing. A lot of people, um, you know, want to help, um, you know, their audiences, um, but maybe they'll, you know, they'll do blogs or, um, you know, my, like myself podcasting because it's a little bit easier than writing um, or, you know, videos, etc. But you you look at the, uh, the the book industry, there's um I guess there's fierce competition, there's a lot of material out there and the industry has evolved a lot and a lot of people actually do it more as a marketing tool rather than as um as an income pillar. So but for you it sounds like it, it's um it's created um a good income stream for you. How could you could you share with us how that that is looking and why, why, why that um, has created a sustainable business model for you?
0: Um, Well, I'm not sure what you're asking. And as far as what it's looking, I I will speak to the fact that I think it's a mistake for people to just think that their book is for marketing only and not as an income stream. I definitely look as at each of my books in each of their formats as a revenue stream. And I water the plant of that revenue stream and, and expect it to grow and be sustainable. Um, Some people do write books only to be their business card or brochure and to generate business. And I believe that it should also be looked upon as a potential revenue stream. So each of the books that I have in each of their formats of, of audio ebook and paperback um, I expect all of those books to make money, to be profitable, to get into the black as soon as possible and to continue to generate revenue or as long as I'm alive and 70 years after I pass. But they also then bring people to, my door to hire me as a professional and, and help them as well.
1: Yeah, it's doing a dual purpose. Um, if we're talking the cash flows in and out for, for creating a book project, you, you talk about coaching people, create um, a bestseller could you walk us through and what some of your clients may have done in terms of average numbers or sales or cost structure? What does that look like if you're going to do an ebook plus a hard copy book that you want to create a revenue stream out of that is profitable?
0: Well, I and I let them know that they're going to invest anywhere between $3 and $5,000 for the actual production of the book. That's including the editing, the copywriting for the sales copy, the design of the front ugh, and audiobook covers and then the inside layout of the book as well. So all of those pieces are going to cost them between three and $5,000 depending upon how much editing they need and what type of editing they need um, and the intricacy of the design of their book cover. And, and, of course, the inside can be very simple or it can be um, uh, dressed up a bit. So there's definitely a window of investment there. Um, my clients all are profitable within the first couple of months after, uh, launching their book, if they aren't profitable by launch day based on, on pre-sales. Um, and then of course the people that I am coaching are only professionals because there would be any, no other reason for someone to hire me other than they want to make money, not just from the sales of their book, but also get more business get more clients more customers as a result of publishing their book so they're they're profitable from just book sales alone right away but then also they are generating new clients some of them in the tens of thousands some of them in the hundreds of thousands and some of them in the millions depending upon what their what their fee structure looks like what they do for a living.
1: Are you, are you Are you open to share one one of your best products that you have created and the numbers that it has done
0: um no i don't ever talk actual numbers, but I will say that I could live comfortably on any one of my revenue streams uh, in in and of themselves and I have many
1: would you would you live off of one book
0: um yeah, I have um three different books that I could live off of
1: wow that's amazing congratulations on that. Um, and which ones are, which ones are those that have, that have created that, that buzz?
0: Um, so I have the successful single mom book series, vision to reality, and then you must write a book and then the miracle morning books, of course, all do very well.
1: That's great. Um, I want to, I want to pivot a little bit, Henri and talk about fear of failure. Um, so, you know, at the beginning of your career, um, you know, you've pivoted, you've gone into, um, your own. Um, business, in direct sales, and then you've then transitioned again into coaching, speaking, uh, and authoring. A lot of people, entrepreneurs, don't actually step out of their corporate roles, which you did. Um, And because of of, um, fear of failure, what if it doesn't work? Could you give us an example of maybe where you have actually experienced a moment of uh, being at rock bottom and feeling like you just want to go back and maybe just get get a job again and just work for somebody else?
0: I have never felt that way. I I am completely unemployable. So even when things have shifted, when the economy crashed at the end of 2007 and 2008, there was not one, there has never been one moment of one day ever that I have considered getting an actual job. And that might be why it's worked out for me because I never make it an option anywhere in my mind.
1: So how do you keep pushing through when, you know, maybe it's all dried up?
0: Um, well, I, I don't know that I push through. I, I, I have a plan and I work my plan and I'm very consistent and persistent with my activities. And I believe you can't do the right thing and get the wrong results. So as long as I'm doing what I know works, eventually it will work. It's it's like anything else is like getting in shape or, or, um, getting in shape is a great example of, of, um, you can work out for one day, but tomorrow you're not going to be in shape. But if you work out for a year consistently, you will be in shape. And if you continue to work out, you will be in shape. And some days might, more than others, you might be stronger or better or faster or healthier than other days, but you'll still be moving in the right direction. And so I I do the things consistently that I know work for me. And I'm, um, I'm a big believer in the miracle morning. It's been such a blessing to connect with Hal and to work on those books. But you know, when I read the book, I thought, Oh, I really could have written this book because I practice daily meditation, I do affirmations and visualizations, I exercise six or seven days a week, I read consistently and voraciously. And I journal, and those are the six daily actions that have been proven by successful people throughout time to contribute greatly to their success. So I don't leave how I feel to chance. I don't, it's not that I don't experience challenges. I do. I just, I'm fortified. I think, so when a challenge comes at me, I more think, oh, is that all you've got? Not, oh, this is going to be the thing that takes me out. And I don't have an option. I don't have a like a plan B for well, what if what if my book doesn't sell? I don't have just one book and it better sell. I have book after book after book after book and some do better than others. Some are more successful than others. But the more successful books I have, the more people go back and read my other books. And they're interested in what else I have to say and what else I'm doing. And then because I have Written book after book after book, and I had the the successful single mom book series. That's what caused Hal to see if I wanted to help him with the Miracle Morning book series. So I think it's more a mindset of for me, um, it's not that life doesn't happen. I've been through a divorce. I've been a single mom. I've had many, many life challenges, too many to to talk about on your show, but I don't, I never look at any any one of them like they're going to be the thing that takes me out or they're going to be the thing that makes me give up. If anything, I find out what I'm made of when I am faced with something that is challenging or painful or both.
1: That's amazing. Um, What would you say, Honoré, was the um, biggest, I don't know, breakthrough moment in your business? Was there ever a a time where things just suddenly took off, or has it just been a slow compounding effect over the last twenty years?
0: I've never had a breakthrough like moment. <laughs> I've never had a I mean, I have all the time people that say, um uh, you know, one day I was you know, I was selling five books a day and the next day I sold five thousand books, and it's never been the same since. Mine has definitely been an incremental um week over week, month over month, year over year incremental growth. And I think it's because I don't give up. I don't, I don't stop. I know that I think books are a good representation of businesses. And when I'm working with a client, I will say to them that there are two phases um, of your book's life. There's the pre- the, the development phase and the pre-launch and the launch. And so the development phase is from the minute you conceive of your idea to about 30 to 45 days after the book has been officially launched. That's phase one. And what you're doing during that time is you're crafting the book and you're defining what the book is going to do for you and all the contents of the book and who's the ideal reader and all of the marketing that you're going to do for the book. And then phase two is that day 31 or 46 until the day you die. And so from 30 days until after the book is launched until the day you die, that's your, that's the marketing phase and you just never stop marketing. So you're always marketing your book. And so I'm always marketing all of my books and it it doesn't matter if it's my first book or my most recent book. I am constantly talking about all of my books and tweeting about them and Facebooking about them and Instagramming about them and, and being interviewed about them and sending free copies of them to people I think might be interested in reading them and the marketing goes on and on and on. And when if people were to, I think, look at their businesses like that to be intentional about the relationships that they're building and also to, and, and to continue to build those relationships, like you wouldn't get married and then go, okay, great, we're married, so I'm gonna stop talking to you. Signed, sealed, delivered. The same thing with businesses or books is you've got to keep, you know, keep feeding, keep feeding the beast, keep showing up, keep developing new relationships, keep writing new books and keep selling the books that you have and and selling the products that you have and and continuing to be present and and persistent and consistent in your marketing efforts and your relationship development efforts until, and there is no until. It's just until
1: you know um, you've said a couple of things there that are that are interesting to me. Um, you said you know you you just kept on doing the the right actions and you knew kind of you know if I keep on producing good good quality, um keep persisting, keep staying consistent, um I don't need to to worry about a plan B, just follow my plan. Um, and I was just talking to somebody that my wife and I mentor, and he's he's actually launched a, a streetwear brand. And we we're just saying to him, you know, just keep keep persisting. You know, don't be in a rush. Just keep following your system. And I was kind of st- saying the same thing to myself. You know, keep doing the right actions, and and things will always work through. But what gave you that belief to know that? These are the right actions, and this is the plan, and even though things may not look as good as maybe they look now, but back then you still kept on writing, you still kept on speaking, you still kept on engaging. What, what gave you that belief?
0: Uh, you know what? I don't know. Maybe if I were smarter, I would have given up sooner because I would have seen the writing on the wall. I'm not really sure. Um, I was always just very encouraged by whatever results that I got. And I one of my internal beliefs is that when something good happens, something else good is obviously going to happen. And when something not so good happens, then I just know that something good has to happen. <laughs> right away. Um, and that's my, my internal belief. Um, I'm not sure where those beliefs came from, but I, I know that they have come through me. They've come to me through the things that I've read and the, and to, um, me through different teachers that I've had, um, teachers such as, you know, Zig Ziglar or Brian Tracy or Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn. I study all of their works and, you know the common thread in there is never give up and and be persistent and consistent and and it only makes sense to me. I'm pretty pragmatic and logical. It only makes sense to me that if I eat chicken and broccoli um, two meals a day and have a protein shake for breakfast and I don't eat refined carbs, that I should be healthy. I should be strong and and fit and. The opposite is also true. If I have ice cream, three meals a day, then maybe I might not be so healthy. So those are things that are just logical for me. So if you apply that type of logic to business, it's like you can't, you know, your friend with the streetwear can't get out and promote it and promote it and promote it. Now, obviously, we're working from the basic assumption that what he has is good, that the that the quality of the product is good and, and is appealing, right? Or I think it's Mike uh, Dooley who says you know kitten leg warmers are never going to sweep the nation, right <laughs> so you have to have something that 's logical and makes sense but but if you have a good product and you believe in your product it's, it will gain traction and momentum if you give it enough time and enough effort and enough energy,
1: yeah. Um, this is good. What, what, um, do you see, uh, when people come to you and say, Henri, Henri, I want to write a book, uh, and I really think it's, it's really going to do well. And then, um, you know, maybe they don't do that well. What, What are some of those things that trip up people, um, in being an author?
0: Well, not making sure that their idea has a market, making sure that there are enough readers for the topic that they want to talk about. And then um, I have four things that I advise people to make sure that they do when they are wanting to publish a professionally published book. And those four things very simply are the cover has to be amazing because we really do judge a book by its cover. You have to have an editing team who turns your words into prose and makes your book a lovely read for the reader. Um, you have to have beautiful design on the inside of the book as well, because it's really hard to, to read a messed up document. And we've all gotten a document that was really hard to read, whether it was a book or not. And after a while, it just became exhausting to try to figure out what we were supposed to be reading and what we were supposed to be overlooking. Um, and then finally the sales copy, if you want people to, to pick up and turn your book over or to read that that same exact sales copy on your Amazon sales page, your iBook sales page, or Barnes and Noble sales page, and people are reading the book description, they need to be compelled to buy the book. They need to understand why they must buy the book and why they must buy it right now and why it needs to be the very next book that they read, even if they're in the middle of another book. So if they don't if they don't do their market research ahead of time and then they don't check all the boxes, they could still have a breakout blockbuster bestseller because they're a unicorn, but the chances of that happening are very slim and they are really risking the success of their book and their project by not doing those things ahead of time and making sure that they're done well.
1: How do you research um, that you've got enough readers in your market?
0: Oh, it's a, a little more complicated than we can go into here, but basically you have to make sure that there are enough readers in general and then you have to assume that you have to kind of take into consideration and I talk about this and you must write a book like drilling down the market but men between the ages of 35 and 55 typically don't read and that's a statistical basis and so you have to make sure that your target audience is not men between the ages of 35 and 55 (laughs) right and but if there are but if there are four billion potential readers in your market and there are, and they are men between the ages of 35 and 55. Even if you got 1%, you would still sell plenty of books to be a bestseller. So it's making sure that there is an abundance of readers and that the book that you're writing targets a, a, a group of people that actually read. That's so very simplified. I'm simplifying that process. You wouldn't target a male heavy audience where there were only you know, 400,000 people that could possibly read your book. And it would be men between the ages of 35 and 55 because you over time would need to sell 400,000 books and you there's no way you're ever going to have 100% of a market read your book. So you have to have enough readers that even if a small percentage only reads your book, it, you would still, um, be profitable.
1: Um, I was going to ask you, um, uh, but you've mentioned you know being a bestseller, um, which is part of what you teach and and the book launch strategy. do those two go hand in hand and and you know what is a bestseller these days in 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 a nutshell? I know it's a complicated question, but what would you say in a in a very simplistic way what what creates a bestseller?
0: Oh, I don't know that i I, I can even answer that question. I have been an Amazon um, number one bestseller. Um, there is a New York times bestseller, which is now to my understanding, not what I once thought that it was. It's a very orchestrated, um, bestseller. (laughs) Um, even a USA today bestseller is very orchestrated. You have to have a number of books and on a, on a certain day and you have to launch on a certain day and yada, 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 um, But then there are people who are bestsellers, and they were a bestseller in their obscure category on Amazon for 12 seconds, and they took a screenshot, and they say that they're a bestseller. Um, I consider myself a bestselling author because I could live off of my books. Um, So um, I am a full-time writer. Um, I do not only write books. I am not a full-time author who only makes money from her books, but I could if I wanted to, I just also have other interests in other businesses. So I think that is a good judge. Um, you could look up someone's Amazon author rank. You could go to their author page on Amazon and see if they rank in any categories. I'm usually in the top 100 for business authors. Um, so I'm a top 100 best-selling business book author and I'm an indie author and that's a, a mix of traditional and indie. Um, but I think everyone has their own definition And um, it's just uh, a good idea to look at someone with caution to make sure that they are a bestseller and that they are mostly a bestseller or always a bestseller as opposed to a bestseller for a very brief period of time because those are different. They truly are.
1: Mm. But, you know, I want to come back to this question uh, because I hear it a lot. And um, when I first heard your story, I was like, wow, you know, she's really pushing um, the, the author." Um, the route of being an author as a revenue stream. But a lot of people say, you know, it's not profitable. And and I just want to ask it one more time, you know, you totally believe it is profitable if you've got a plan for it. Is, isn't it? Is that is that right? I do. Yes. And so why are other people... Um, I guess you've, you've kind of walked through some of this. You know, you know, you, you, you're researching and you, you're hitting all those points, the cover, the editing, the beautiful design, the sales copy. So you believe if somebody follows what, I guess, the details of that are contained in some of your programs that you coach on. But if somebody had a great idea and they follow those four key cornerstones, um, they would expect to be profitable in their, in their book,
0: I would expect them to be profitable, yes, if they do all of the right things and they're consistent and persistent. I mean, it took me a really long time before that book was profitable because I didn't know then what I know now, but I just kept selling more and more and more copies until I was in the black. And now I've sold a couple hundred thousand copies of all the books in that series. So I would consider that profitable, wouldn't you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be happy to take those sales myself. Let me pivot. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions here, Honorary. How do you rank the following? Faith, fun, family, finances, friendships?
0: Um, Faith, family, friendships, finances, and fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, Give me a quick look into what a day in your life looked like when you started your business career versus a day in your life today?
0: Well, when I started, I was working still. I had a corporate job. And so I was splitting my energy and time um, between what I wanted to do and what I was doing to pay the bills. And now my entire day is starts with a miracle morning practice at 4.30. And then I do my writing practice. And then I go to the gym and do my workout practice. <laughs> and then I come back and get ready for the rest of my day and so very different today than than more than 20 years ago for sure
1: and what time does your day finish since it starts so early
0: I finish working a little after four as my daughter is home and then I hit the hay around nine or nine thirty
1: mm-hmm. so you were you always an early riser or is that something new
0: well, it's not new by now I mean I've been doing I've been getting up early um i I was a single mom for many years and and as any mom knows, your day starts early <laughs> so um I kind of was forced into it, but now I actually get up a couple of hours before my daughter so that I have the ability to make breakfast for her and spend some time with her before she goes off to school and then I stop working before she gets home so that I can either spend time with her or take her somewhere or or whatever. So today we're celebrating after school, we're celebrating a, a perfect report card or a pretty perfect report card for her. And um, so I'll spend the evening and the weekend with my family. So I don't work evenings or weekends, but I work pretty hard uh, during the work day for sure.
1: That's great. And it's always good to, you know, spend breakfast with your family I think it sets sets the day really well um, do you invest in mentors and if if so why do you do that and who are some of those for you today
0: um, I have always invested in mentors um I do that because I think um it's important to have um coaches and mentors that have that are able to give feedback that is um valuable and um, input that is life-changing many times and um, everyone from I've invested in and in, in the names that I mentioned earlier I have every audio program by pretty much every motivational speaker ever known to God and man <laughs> and have been to I, I attend events and I I participate in conversations and and um, I think that it's such a a brilliant thing that we have access to each other's minds, and um, I can't imagine not having people to bounce ideas off of um, and get feedback from in my business and in my life.
1: That's great. Um, yeah, I, it, it sounds like you know you've listened to all the all the greats, and back back in the day when it was all on tape. Um, Hopefully you've got MP three players or something like that right now. Is that right?
0: Oh yes, I have everything on my iPhone.
1: What have you done to all the old tapes?
0: Um I don't even have them anymore. I I transferred them all to digital format and then I donated them to Goodwill so that someone else could benefit from them.
1: Ah. Very good, very good. Um tell me where can people get your books and if you were to recommend one? I'm going to test you here. If you're going to write one book, which one would it be out of your books?
0: Um, They can get all of my books on amazon.com. They can find out more about me at honorequarter.com. And I would say the one book of mine that everyone should read is you must write a book because writing a book, writing my first book. And even if I had never written any of my other books, writing that first book was a, literally changed the trajectory of my life. And I believe that it can do the same for anyone who chooses to do that. And I actually interviewed many people for You Must Write a Book who said the same thing, that their lives changed when they wrote their first book Mm, as well.
1: Very good. So you've got some interviews in there as well, Henri? I do. That's great. That's great. Um, Best two books that um, you have read that you believe are great reads for entrepreneurs other than your book?
0: So I would say The Miracle Morning or The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs, which is coming out in November of 2016, um, would be great for entrepreneurs. And also The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. It's um, the Think and Grow Rich's um, older brother, <laughs> the more um, expansive and deeper probing version of think and grow rich i think he kind of took some of the nuggets out of law of success for think and grow rich but i've read law of success every year for the past 20 years and i always find some new nugget that or a nugget that that i'm different i'm new when i read it so um it's about 1500 pages the original version that i have and i now have it in digital format so i love it 1500
1: pages sounds like a lot of pages is that right
0: it, yes, that that's right. It's fifteen hundred pages. It will it takes. Um, I just read you know fifteen or twenty minutes a day, and it takes me a bit of time to get through it for sure. And I read very fast at this point. How,
1: how long are your books, by the way? Just out of curiosity, on average,
0: um, forty to fifty thousand words.
1: Well, very good. Look, we've come um, to the you know the final bit of the show. But before I ask my last question, I really want to thank you for. You know, dedicating your last 20 years to writing books, helping people in many different situations in life. You know, there's a massive list of books that you have written, helping people going through divorce, helping people who are single moms, um, starting businesses, and you know, even professionals like ourselves who, who need to write a book just to to explain everything that we've got in our heads um, as a starting point and to allow people to actually just you know um, you know glean from that and learn something from that. So, really appreciate for uh for all the efforts that you've put in over the years and specifically for coming on to this show and taking time out and pouring out your words of wisdom and inspiring even just one person to say i'm gonna go and finish that book because um it's gonna make me a whole lot better for myself and it's gonna help somebody else so really thankful and now for the last question Honorary: when all is said and done and um you know you're at the end of the road what legacy do you want to leave and be remembered for and tell us why
0: Um, yeah, I, I really think that the purpose of my life is to make the lives of other people, um, easy easy and better. And so that's the legacy that I want to be remembered for is, is helping others to get where they want to go faster, easier, with less scrapes and bruises to show that they've been, um, on a journey. And, um, I can think of no nobler, purpose for being here mm.
1: and with that we've come to the end of the program ladies and gentlemen thank you for hanging out with me and honory today i uh, hope you had fun uh, and more importantly i hope you got your hopes up that you know you can get out there and uh write that book inspire somebody share your dreams uh, remember to head on over to businessjournals.com for all the show notes just type honoree H O N O R E into the search bar and her show notes will pop up with everything we talked about today. So that's businessjournals.com and uh, to connect with Honorary you can um, you know jump onto com, and you can grab her books at amazon.com so uh, lots of goodies there for you. Honorary, thank you so much for being on the Business Generals podcast today and for sharing your story with us and for that we're grateful you are a true business general.
0: Thank you so much for having me I really appreciated being with you.
1: Thank you. Hey, what's up, Business Generals family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Generals podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D A V I S M U T A B W A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.